no one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filippone. And welcome back to another edition of First and Pod. Uh, review, rate, tell your friends, download it, get involved here. This has been a three-week journey here of mock drafts. The first edition was myself and my usual co-host, Danny Parkins. And Danny, I just have to get this off my chest to start. Danny ripped me to shreds. We've been alternating picks for taking Will Anderson second and Bijan Robinson eighth to Atlanta. Now, everyone in the last two weeks in the football world finally agrees with me. So, Danny, if you're listening, F you. I was right all along. Your ridicule was completely unsubstantiated, and uh, was worthy of none of our time. So that's number one. Then Baldy did last week, lent some credibility to this thing. And now for our final edition, we have Damon Amendolara, who, if he's not in the WAER Hall of Fame yet at Syracuse University, then we need to talk to the committee and the panel that picks those things. Are you in, DA? No, I am You're not. not. I'm going to put you on the panel now. I mean, we're putting Andrew Catalan in, who calls Jags Titans every week, and the guy that's the flagship show on CBS Sports Radio can't get in? Good no. Lord, we're putting West Virginia's play-by-play man in. We Look, can't get your mug down there? As Joe Klecko would say, the weight makes it sweeter. So I'm just, you know, I'm kind of like just going to let the generations pass by. And then it's like Harry get- Carson. You don't I'm, even want to go in now. It's been such a long overdue way. I'm just waiting for the Veterans Committee at this point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so we've been going back and forth. What we got left, DA, is picks 21 through 31. So you're now privy to how this draft has unfolded. The Chargers are on the clock at pick 21. And the way that this has broken down, pretty much all the wide receivers are out there except Smith and Jigba. And only... A couple of corners have come off the board, Gonzalez and Witherspoon. So I'm going to take for the Chargers, Joey Porter Jr. with this pick. They have Asante Samuel Jr., who had three interceptions to Trevor Lawrence in the first half of the playoff game. So we know they like the bloodlines at corner. Their second corner is a college free agent guy who's an okay player, not a great player. So they brought in Kellen Moore on offense, D.A., I think that this will be a defensive pick with the defensive head coach. I think they'd be very excited to see Porter Jr. slip here. Uh, I did not have my Steelers taking him. Part of it was a personal vendetta because his dad tried to fight my co-host last summer. (laughs) And that was a whole uh, ordeal. I love Joey Porter, the football player. Did not love him as a Steelers coach either. But Joey Porter Jr. to the Chargers DA. Uh, He only had one interception in three years at Penn State, which is hard to believe for a guy with his skill set so what do you think I like it I like it I I am also of the opinion that you can never surround your quarterback like Justin Herbert with enough weapons and so with all those really good wide receivers out there I'd like to see the Chargers also think that way as well we've obviously seen what happens when a guy like Jalen Hurts has a new set of weapons or or toys around him he can go to a Super Bowl and I think the Chargers know that you know, Justin Herbert is is that type of QB as well. But you can't go wrong on defense for the Chargers getting playmakers because we saw last year what happens when the Chargers have a big lead of the playoffs. You just – you can't trust them to hold on to it. So I don't mind it there. I think the Chargers are one of those teams where 
a good draft solidifies them as one of the best teams of the AFC. There's always that DNA issue that we have with the Chargers. Can they close? Can they finish? Do they have the right head coach? But they have a damn good amount of talent. We saw them in the postseason last year build up a big lead and should have went to the divisional round. So I don't I don't mind that pick. And I think the Chargers with a good draft are smack dab in the middle of some of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I'm not going to love the pick if they do this. I'm just doing what I think the Chargers would do in this spot. And that's take the third best corner uh, in the draft. So now it's Baltimore's pick, DA. You're going to make this pick for them. Uh, the Ravens, they always need wide receivers, but they suck at drafting them. They didn't bring Marcus Peters back, so maybe they want a corner with this pick. So there's a lot of different ways. They're also just a team that seems to love to just take best player available, and when a guy slides, jump on him and figure it out. So their GM, uh, DaCosta, gets a lot of credit for the way he drafts. You're now DA in the Baltimore War Room. What are you doing with the 22nd pick? With the number 22 pick of the 2023 NFL Draft, the Baltimore Ravens select... Wide receiver, TCU, Quentin Johnson. I know that the Ravens have had terrible luck drafting wide receivers, but they've just drafted the wrong wide receivers. And there's two guys right now that are available in this mock draft that I think both can be studs. I think Quentin Johnson can be, and I really do think Jordan Addison. You know that up close and personal at Pitt, how dynamic he was. I'm surprised he has slipped so much on so many mock draft boards, but I assume Addison or Johnson, which one slipping? Are you surprised by Addison? Addison's playmaking, his route running, his hands. I loved it all. I loved it all. And, and at Pitt, I mean, we just saw this combination of, of ability, big playability underneath ability that I, I don't think that there's any way that he's not going to be productive at the NFL level, but I realize that you just signed Odell Beckham in Baltimore. And so you're looking for maybe a bigger target, whereas Addison's a little more slender and small. Quentin Johnson gives you the size. He's 6'3". So give me Johnson. But again, I think both Johnson and Addison will be very good, productive wide receivers in the NFL. And you have to give Lamar Jackson as many weapons as possible, as I was just talking about with Justin Herbert. I think right here is a keen spot to go wide receiver because according to this mock draft, there's good talent still available for the Ravens at this pick. Yeah, I think there's going to be, they're still, I think, in a mode where they're trying to do enough to impress and woo Lamar Jackson without actually giving him the $250 million guaranteed. So I know that the Ravens are a organization that has their pillars and principles of things that they subscribe to, their commandments of drafting and team building and stuff. But I think that this has gone off the rails so much that I could see this situation unfolding where they do precisely what you just did. Like, okay, can we do something that, yes, there's a need, obviously, but at the same time, it's just another olive branch to the quarterback, which which, by the way, I don't think that'll work. But I could see Baltimore continuing to knock on his door and say, oh, look what else we got you. Look at this new 6-3 toy that we just got you. It was probably, from a productive standpoint, the best wide receiver in college football last year. And so now the, the Odell signing is clearly that olive branch like you talk about. That's what they've done there. But Odell might be only a one-year solution. So drafting a wide receiver here that doesn't have to be maybe the number one target, but they can grow into the number one target if Odell doesn't resign, doesn't come back or whatever in 2024, to me is a smart play. 
Yeah. So now it's Minnesota's pick, and they were so god-awful on defense last year that even though I think there's the temptation to take a wide receiver because Adam Thielen's in Carolina now, and you want to put somebody with Jefferson, you got K.J. Osborne there, who's a decent wide receiver, I wouldn't call him great. They just try to build up that offense and try to beat everybody 35-31. to 31. I'm going to take another corner in this spot, D.A. They lost Patrick Peterson. I'm going to go with Deontay Banks from Maryland. Deontay Banks had a great combine. He's one of these guys who worked out very well. He did, I think, incredibly well for himself with the way he tested. Uh, He had one really solid year. Some red flags for me in that at Maryland, I don't understand why it took so long for this guy to be such a big-time player. So that would kind of leave me scratching my head. It's not like he was buried behind guys at Alabama or Clemson or a place like that. Really only one full year as a starter. I'm always, there's always trepidation with me too when it comes to guys that just seem to have their stock rise uh, primarily on what they do once the college football season ends. But I think the Vikings are so desperate to improve that side of the ball to go along with the floor as higher as the D.C. That I think this is the guy they'll take. I would not love this pick, but I think they will do a need-based pick at 23. I think you're right. And in our draft, Hendon Hooker is gone, by the way. For people that don't know, all the quarterbacks, we've had five quarterbacks come off the board already in this mock draft. Yep. No, I agree. They have to address the defensive side of the football with an offensive-minded head coach in Kevin O'Connell and the way that the offense burned last year, last year how good as Jefferson is and, and just how dynamic Dalvin Cook is, et cetera. They just have to keep bringing in as much talent as possible on the defensive side and hope that they can at least get to the middle of the pack. And who knows where that would have put the Vikings last year. Now, they might slide back a little bit. Last season, they caught a lot of people off guard, I think. Lines are going to be better in that division. Packers could be worse, but I well, definitely really they just th- got lucky. They had a horrible point differential and just managed to win a lot of close games. They were absolutely a good team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, right. They were probably an average team whose record was better than they, they really were, but defensively they were pitiful, as you said. So getting a defensive now, would player you here want, in, in a perfect world in, in a Vikings utopia, would you want Hendon hooker here for them? If you're a Vikings fan, I like Kenan Hooker. I don't think he's a first-round grade for me. I like Kenan Hooker, but I think he's more of a project. And I think if you're the Vikings, again, you were a team that made the playoffs last year and your defense was that abhorrent, you yeah. you have to get better on defense with your first pick in this draft. I think Hooker's a system quarterback. He played in college for about 15 years, and he only put up the numbers that last year with Heupel. Before that, that Michigan transfer quarterback was starting ahead of him, who was terrible. So, yep. Yep. Uh, 24th pick, D.A., you're back on the clock here. What do you do? Okay. So at the 24th pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. And we saw the Jaguars build a good nucleus last year, take that next step, get to the postseason, win a playoff game. We know they have a franchise QB. Seems like they have some good wide receivers. Seems like they have some good depth at running back as well. I think you look offensive line here or defensive line of the trenches. The one thing that the, the Jaguars had last season was edge speed rushing. They had great sack artists last year. It really helped them out come back in that game against the Chargers. So offensive line to help out Trevor Lawrence or defensive line to continue to build a really stout front seven. I'm going to lean defense here because 
I think the best player on the board is currently an interior defensive lineman, which helps need out for the Jaguars, but also he's an excellent player. And that's Clemson's Brian Brzee. We saw a locker room last year where the, the Jaguars smartly started to try to find leaders, high character guys after the disaster that was the Urban Meyer nonsense. Brzee is that type of guy. If people don't know his story, his sister, his younger sister, uh, came down with cancer and she battled and he was right there with her throughout her high school career. He was at her proms. He was bedside with her. Unfortunately, she passed away, but he wore that on his sleeve. The Clemson community came together for him. The team allowed him to take space away, but they just said, you know, whatever he needs, we're here because he's always here for us. Brzee's a really high character guy. And I think that helps that Jaguars team continued to grow into uh, a steady playoff squad. So give me Brzee at this pick, interior defensive lineman out of Clemson for Jacksonville. So I've got a ton of empathy for everything that happened to this guy with his sister. I'm right there with you. But he's also the guy that he was his freshman year where it looked like if there if he, if he could have been eligible to come out of the draft after his freshman year, if there was no rule on when you could declare, he would have been a top 15 pick, I think. He was at his best his freshman year. There are just so many effed up things that have happened to this guy. Knee injury, shoulder injury. DA, he got strep throat and it was so bad. He ended up in the hospital for a month because he lost 50 pounds with a kidney infection. It's like this guy's had the worst possible luck. And I don't know, most of the people that have watched him, even look, last year, I think he just flushed down the toilet. The year before that, though, I just wonder... Is this one of these great college players who peaked at 19 years old and he just never gets back to that? So this is a huge, I think, this is a high-risk, high-reward pick. And if I'm Jacksonville, you know what? Why the hell not? You know, you've got a really good roster. Why not swing for a guy and hope that he puts the kind of personal life struggles behind him and can be the guy that he was very early in his college career when he looked like he was going to be an NFL All-Pro, so... I don't mind this pick at all for Jacksonville, actually, given their situation. When it comes to things like the strep throat or or the injuries, no doubt, you know, you worry about that type of stuff on anybody. But there might have also just been an inordinate amount of stress on this young man sure. for the last couple of years. That yep. can break down somebody's body. And, of course, it's tragic that he lost his sister. But who knows? Maybe, you know, moving forward into a pro career, you know, all that anxiety or stress might not yeah. be surrounding him. And, and hopefully he does stay healthy. Yeah, I think at 24, it's probably worth the risk.